0: come up with he and Rod P brought to you by Bud Light on the horn.
2: We roll on on a Thursday, Friday as we call it, almost the Friday, but almost the weekend. The weekend does start tonight. No more baseball because the Rangers took care of that. Series over. World Series champs. Burn. No more opponents. It's over. It's over. Now it's the offseason for everybody. And the uh, Rangers are having a big parade tomorrow and a celebration up in Arlington, by the way. twelve fifteen the start time. Maybe a scary number. We're talking about the Rangers and all, you know, Bruce Bochy on the, uh, certainly the Mount Rushmore of modern managers in baseball with four world championships now. Uh, the ownership group, Chris Young at the general manager post. Corey Seager is now won two MVPs in World Series, did it with the Dodgers, and now does it with the Rangers. He, Derek Jeter, Bob Gibson, and this one other have ever won multiple uh, World Series MVPs. Hmm. This guy's only 29 years old, Rod.
1: Yeah. He's only crazy. 29 years old. Yeah, he already accomplished stuff that most people wouldn't accomplish in a great career. <laughs> He's
2: already he was a rookie of the year. Yeah. Twice a World Series MVP. Uh, you know, if not for Shohei Otani, he very well could have been the American League MVP this year. He had that kind of season, so what he did in the postseason wasn't a fluke uh, by any stretch. You know, but this is a young team. You've got a young core uh, of players, and Josh Young and Evan Carter are adding to that as a young, you know, coming through their system. It's just a really nice mix of uh, veterans that they have signed. Uh, it, it's, it's what Bruce Bochy said. It's the total package, and Chris Young and Bruce Bochy, I think, were the final pieces but uh, the ownership group, you know, Bruce Bochy said they, they convinced me that they were all in, and they then they backed it up by going out and spending a ton of money. They spent like $800 million in two off-seasons in guaranteed contracts to Simeon and Seager and uh, the pitching that they went and acquired. And then even at Paid the off. deadline, despite all that, Paid off. when they felt like they had a team that could go get it, they went after it at the deadline and it acquired Max Scherzer and Jordan Montgomery. Um, just continued to, to go after it, and that's where I, I – you know, All ownership groups say they're in it to win it, but not all ownership groups are in it to win it. Jerry. You just said Jerry. Jerry. Come
1: on. That example is right there. It's right there. It's right there (laughs) in your own Metroplex area. You got an example of a team that's going all in, and we just had the trade deadline pass. Sorry, Rangers fans. I don't mean to take up your moment with Cowboys talk, but I think it's a great example of a team that – by any means, use all possible resources and means to acquire and upgrade talent on that roster and it paid off big for them. Every other team that's an NFC uh, playoff team right now looked at their roster and said, we can get better. There's a way to get better. They identified a place and they identified talent and they found a way to uh, maximize that opportunity and the Cowboys looked at their roster and said, we like our guys. And there's nothing wrong with liking your guys but I think they like their guys too much. That's a lot of that's ego liking your guys. That ego is saying, and, and a very
2: insular mentality.
1: Yes, because that ego basically is basically saying, "Well, we always pick the right guys. I mean, <laughs> my guys are the best guys. That's why, That's why we promote from within because we looked around at hiring somebody from outside, and then we looked at our guys and went." Our guys are just as good as their guys. Yeah, our guys are the best guys. And yet, every other organization around there—the Eagles, the 40 ers Niners—you know—they're looking outside of their organization to improve, to get better. Yet the Cowboys look inside the organization and say, "No, no, we're good enough. We just got a."
2: Word did get out yesterday that Jerry tried. They tried to swing he a deal did. that didn't come that to fruition. Was, that was that
1: was a report that he did. Try. Was it the yeah. Derrick
2: Henry trade? Who knows? Yeah. Uh, I still think they need a running back. I, I still think come December, January, as it gets colder, and they're playing outdoor games, they're going to want a power running back. But uh, Because yeah. as you've gone through, and you know, I don't know if your rant is about this again coming up, but uh, Tony Probably Pollard be. just hasn't been the explosive player we've seen, no. quite honestly, uh, in past years. And the reasons for that, we can all guess. But uh, even Cowboy fans would have to admit, man, that doesn't look like the same Tony Pollard that was backing up and you know we were pushing to replace Ezekiel Elliott so far this year. One other question I would ask for baseball fans, how did the Dodgers ever let Corey Seager leave? I mean, he was a free agent and he was 25 years I old. I would
1: say, okay, I, I'll find that sound. Somebody, Rangers fans were upset, and Ty may have seen this, because a reporter asked him about that. They asked him about it, and somebody thought it was an inappropriate time after winning the World Series to ask him about, you know, well, what Dodger happened.
2: Fan, well, that person probably covers the Dodgers. and The Rangers fans want to know.
1: <laughs> yeah, because he asked, I'll find that well, We got that all sound. the money
2: in the world. Well, we sure. said, yeah, we wanted to sign Mookie Betts, and we went and got Freddie Freeman, and, you know, we got a big payroll, but. Uh, God, how do you let that guy get oh, out yeah. the door? I mean, that, it's what Red Sox fans are still saying about Mookie Betts. I mean, how do you get – I mean, these are, these are the best players in the game. If you have one, you don't let them leave. I mean, you don't let them get out the door. No. Um, and if, you, if there's a thought that they want to get out, then you trade them. You don't let them go for nothing. Ty, what were you going to say, my friend?
0: Uh, well, Trey Turner played shortstop after him, right? And then they let Trey Turner go to the Phillies, too.
2: Yeah. So, yeah exactly. I don't, I don't man, even
0: know who, who's that short for the Dodgers
2: these days. That is that, – that, that can't happen. Oh, I found
1: it. I'll send it to Ty.
2: Okay, cool. Maybe we'll play that in. Who said that coming up? Yeah. Who said that? Who said coming that? Coming up this hour. Also, i got to give you this final uh, off-the-record story, Rod, before we get to your rant. If you're eating breakfast right now, just be, pre- be prepared. Uh-oh. Because this is that Grubhub story I wanted to mention. Oh, this is going to be gross.
1: I don't eat Grubhub, so go right ahead. I don't I don't a A guy
2: Grubhub. in Utah. Oh, and, again, I wouldn't believe this if it weren't in the paper. Oh, Guy in Utah ordered a Chick fil A through Grubhub. Oh, no. He ordered a milkshake to go with his Chick fil A because he's being health conscious because he ordered Chick fil A. But he got a milkshake.
1: <laughs> hey, man, healthy. Hey, it's healthy. Fried chicken.
2: <laughs> Turned out, instead of a milkshake, he got a cup of warm pea. <laughs> <laughs> Turned out the driver oh. likes to save time by relieving himself in oh, the car no. and he mixed up the cups. Oh, no. And unfortunately, the guy who ordered it didn't realize it oh. until he took a sip.
1: Oh! Oh. oh. He didn't. Oh, he took it. Hold on. Did it have a straw in it? Like, what? <laughs> did, does, did it, I, was it a straw? In it? How did you not know? Because it's got to be warm. Okay. What? How did you not know? I did not know. If I picked up a what well, I thought was a Chick Fil A lemonade,
2: <laughs> this from ABC Four. Come on,
1: E. Come on now. Okay, first of all, this driver you out of line. All right, you out of line. And you, you fired. To, you <laughs> fired, man. You need to find a new job because that's disgusting It's terrible. And you need to have better, you know, more pride in your job. And you need to be better. Period. All right. Let's go to the guy that actually drank the unfortunate urine. All right, in this situation. You. <clears throat> disgusting. Um. How did you not know the difference between a Chick-fil-A, a delicious Chick-fil-A lemonade and somebody's uh, receptacle they're using uh, to, to relieve themselves? It They, they feel very different because every man is, I'm sure, has done that before in an emergency situation. All right. Come on, man. That Chick-fil-A lemonade, it, it, it feels very different when you pick it up. Was it a straw well, so it's styrofoam, in
2: styrofoam. Styrofoam cup. I know, but it's still war- warm and cold. You, know, and- you just grab it. You just- oh. Oh, oh, no.
1: No. Oh. Ooh. Oh, man, I got to tell you, now you have me looking at everything I drink before. <laughs> that is horrible. That's horrible.
2: Ty, don't say you have a story that can even match <sighs> this, We're dealing with Grubhub or DoorDash oh, or any God. of that stuff. Is there anything close for you? So
0: disgusting. No, but, I mean, I've, I've worked in kitchens before, and I just don't, <laughs> okay. just don't Please think don't. about the fact that people handle your food before you eat it, especially at that, restaurant.
1: I, yeah, I don't like to think about that. Ty! Why you see it's, it's, on, it's part of the
0: reason why I cook all the time and I'm super hungry before I start cooking. And then I and then I fi- finally finish and I'm like, wow, now I'm I'm not hungry.
1: No, that's won't. when I go to restaurants. I don't want to have a peek into the kitchen. Yeah. I, when they seat me somewhere and I can see in the kitchen, I always tell them I need to move. Cuz what did you write? E, when you see somebody like go in the kitchen and like oh. they scratch something or like pick their nose something and they to the they like no! No, shut it down. Shut it all down. Shut it all down. And I don't even want to see that. So when I'm near I'm, I'm seated near the kitchen, I will go – I will tell them, excuse me, can I sit somewhere else, please? Because I just don't want to see the kitchen. Mm-hmm. I don't need to see it because everybody in there ain't very ain't very san, you know, sanitary, and it's okay. All right? I get it. I get it. Everybody ain't like me and like that kind of stuff. But when I see people like – even when I see people like sweating in the kitchen – and they're sweating real hard. And I know they're sweating enough where there's beads of sweat, but there's are like dripping on my pork chop. You know what I mean? i like, I can't, exactly. I can't, I can't. I know it's happening, but I don't want to see
0: it. Oh, you should see, well, you should see, see the Austin's Pizza Kitchen. That's one of oh, the places no, no, don't go you know, there. The don't people. say any names. No, I mean, I'm sure. They, so, a guy named they know Caleb.
2: It. I don't. Guy I don't guy, the it. guy who ordered the food is a guy named Caleb. at ABC Four. Oh. maybe coming up, I'll play you the audio from the news oh. broadcast of this. But they, here.
1: Got, they interviewed the guy. Yeah. Who drank the?
2: Yeah. He Ooh. immediately became physically ill. <laughs> which we yeah. <you> all would <laughs> That's he, the- he called the driver back Oh yeah, And there's a video of them meeting in the driveway <gasps> And Caleb was pretty calm considering the fact that There would have been an ass whooping going down
1: Dude, I threw that piss <laughs> right in his face yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry guys, I thrown that right. Get out. Oh my goodness Oh man, I'm so upset I'm upset for him, I'm upset for this man Me too I would be scarred for life, I would be scarred for life E. couldn't go back to my normal I couldn't life I out
2: styrofoam cup ever again <laughs> Everything clear <laughs> Everything clear. <laughs> Everything clear. Everything in clear you cups. Check
1: it beforehand. What is this? Uh, all right. Yes, all right. Oh man, what a traumatizing event. And Life the, changing. And does the Grubhub guy keep his job? He no. should. He should. Qu- he should resign. Out of, you know. what I mean, no. come on, man.
2: Says, well, let me. G- I'll give you the story because I have it. Now, again, I wouldn't oh. believe. I couldn't believed, believe. I thought it would have been a made-up story. Oh. If ABC Four in so Utah sad. had That's not me. gone with it. Ugh. Not a milkshake, by the way. <laughs> Uh, he reached out to Grubhub, says they took four days to get back to him, issued a partial refund. His meal was 25 They returned 18 They didn't refund the fees or the driver's tip. Oh. Grubhub, in a statement, said they've been following up with Caleb to apologize. The driver no longer works for them. Can
1: I get some gift cards or something? Can I get some free Dude, You should get a lifetime Grubhub. <laughs> exactly. Can I get?
2: But, but then again, Are if that gonna... happened to me, I would never use Grubhub. <laughs> Ever again. That is the one annoying that. thing about those
0: apps is if they do forget something and you report it they're like oh it was a $15 entree that's missing we'll give you $9 refund you're, you're welcome Really yeah that's you know, I've had, I, don't, I I like it other than that if like it's about a 20% chance something screwed up, and it's you really kind of just out of luck if, if it is. That's
1: why, Bez, that's why Bezos is king. You ever like report something to Amazon, like something went wrong? It's just like, oh, cool, we'll take it. You can say
2: down to Whole Foods and you return it. Yeah, they don't
1: even care. Like, uh, they we'll own Whole
2: hit. Foods now. So, sometimes, you just drop no, it there? So,
1: sometimes Amazon will tell you to keep it. We'll send you another one. I've yeah. got never like, no, yeah, no, they no. Did that. it's actually cost us more money for you to send it back. So just keep that ugly one. Yeah, we'll send, and we'll you, send, send you another one. I'm like, wow, that Bezos does it the right way. So you always do business with Bezos. All
2: right, that's a. <laughs> the record story you that, probably didn't need to hear but you I did
1: didn't. no we all needed to hear that we all let's need to hear uh that.
2: let's get to rod's rant though because he's already wow. vomiting over here <laughs> let's get to the uh the good stuff rod's
1: rant of the day is brought to you by apple leasing the easiest and safest way to get a new car any make any model click AppleLeasing.com and experience how easy it is i'm as mad as hell and i'm not gonna take this anymore
3: find out what happens when people stop being polite And start getting real.
1: You ain't keeping it out. My God. Okay, it's happening. Everybody stay calm. Oh, you've done it now. It's time for Rod's rant of the day. Hold on to your butts. Yeah, I don't know how I'm going to top that. And I'm not even going to try to top that. I'm just going to move on and segue to the uh, the topic here. Let's talk about the, the running game for the Cowboys and the Texans. Now, last week, we talked a ton about the Cowboys' passing game, how it needed to improve in the bye week, had to work on some things. And I think we saw the improvement, right? We said they needed to target CeeDee Lamb more. They targeted CeeDee Lamb 14 times in that game versus the Rams. He had his best game of the season. Uh, looks like Dak has kind of found his groove, had his best game of the season too, was the highest graded passer by uh, Pro Football Focus last week. Uh, Brandon Cooks had a touchdown. So it looks like the passing game, because they're using some more modernized content. Concepts like pre-snap motions and motions at the snap. Dak's legs getting involved. They're starting to use a lot more modernized cheat codes, and it's just making life easier, right? Work smarter, not harder. That's what the Cowboys are doing with the passing game. What about the running game? Running game still hasn't really found its groove, and I'm somewhat concerned about the Cowboys' running game, and it's about Tony Pollard. Now, remember last week we talked about the issues with the passing game were more about the scheme were more more scheme-specific, were more uh, about strategy, more about tactics than they were about the actual personnel. Dak, all the analytics and all the metrics showed that Dak and CeeDee Lamb were actually playing at a really high level. But the scheme was not maximizing their talents and efforts uh, and productivity. It was not weaponizing those players. It wasn't maximizing those players. Now you're starting to see the scheme, the tactics, uh, the strategy work along with the productivity of the players. That's in the passing game. What about the running game? Now some people have talked about the offensive line underachieving. It has, but I think most of the, 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 the underachieving of the running game or the, the, the lack of product, production in the running game, is just due to Tony Pollard not being the same explosive player uh, here is a stat for you so in 2022 Tony Pollard was one of the most explosive running backs in all of the NFL I mean that's when people were saying hey man he needs to replace Zeke, Zeke half of Zeke's carries need to go to Tony Pollard but he was more of a complimentary piece he wasn't the main course running back alright he wasn't your workhorse running back at the time um, he was the complementary running back and then he ranked first in yards after contact per touch, he was second in the NFL in explosive play rate. That means 10-plus yard runs. And he was 18th among running backs last season in missed tackles forced uh, per touch in 2022. I mean, you're talking about basically top five running back numbers for Tony Pollard last season. And most people thought, you extrapolate that, um, he's going to end up you know, being kind of a mini, like you talked about, a mini Christian McGaffrey So people thought. Well, the injury at the end of last season has really affected that explosivity within his skill set. In 2023, those same categories I mentioned last season, where he was first, second, and 18th, he is now 28th, 20th, and 33rd. Still, you know, those are still uh, really uh, not impressive, but they're still above average numbers for a running back, but nothing even close to impact, as impactful as he was last season when he was more of a complimentary piece. Now, one of the issues, I think, may be just usage. Maybe because of the injury, and he maybe uh, didn't you know, add the necessary body armor, uh, whether you're talking about muscle mass or you're talking about just weight that's needed to bear the burden of being a workhorse, main course running back. He has 134 touches so far this season, touches, targets, and um, rushes. He has 56 more than he had through seven games last season. That's a lot more for him, but it's expected when he is now your main uh, running back and your workhorse running back, but you haven't got you, – you didn't get the productivity, all right, didn't translate with those extra touches. And I think a lot of it's because he's not used to this type of usage, number one, and then coming off of the injuries, it's clear. Right now, he's not the same running back. I think he'll get back to that, but right now, Tony Pollard just doesn't have that – explosion that he had last season. Nothing he's had since he got into the NFL. Remember, Jason Garrett and the Cowboys draft him. They called him a web back. All right, now, don't say that really fast. Make sure you say it slowly. They called him a <laughs> web back, and they for that, that's basically what they mean. A guy that operates in space. That, that was the actual term for him. I'm not making that up. That was the actual term for I get him. it. I'm with yeah. you. Yeah, um, and they, they wanted him to be, just like E mentioned, they wanted him to be kind of a Christian McCaffrey-type weapon. And what if he got it? can line up in the slot, the got it, can move around the formation, line up in the backfield, uh, create matchup advantages, all that kind of stuff. And I still think he can do that. But right now, this is why the Cowboys, prior to the season, whether it had been draft or free agency, or whether even before the trade deadline, running back was one of those positions they should have looked at because I don't know when he's going to get his explosion back. I don't know if it's going to be this season.
2: Yeah, you would. Uh, it's kind of the similar thing to Michael Gallup a year ago. Yes. That you banked that he'd be healthy and he just doesn't look at it. And it's. It can still come, I guess, but at the same time, that's why you know, I'm. You know, we heard the, the the idea that they were really, you know, not obsessed, but really interested in Bijan Robinson before the draft. Mm-hmm. Probably weren't going to be high, end, you know, low enough to draft him, and obviously that was the case. Jameer Gibbs was a player they liked too. Oh yeah. Uh, but you know, the you, you, you they they probably should have drafted a running back sooner. Uh, You know, Mozzie Smith was their pick in the first round. But uh, I still think they need that position. And I still think come January, December, they're going to need that running game. And it doesn't mean it can't be there. But right now it just doesn't feel like, you know, it's – because, again, I watch – I mean, Ty, you watch the Cowboys all the time. i watch more of Tony Pollard this year because he's on my fantasy team, both of my fantasy teams, Mm -hmm. and I'm waiting for a breakout game. And I'm just like, man, it just – and as I said earlier, when, when Rico Dowdle comes in, he kind of looks like Tony Pollard did last year. Exactly. Like, oh, wow, that's the juice right there. That's the complimentary piece. <laughs> that's the He's juice.
1: coming in. Look, that's a great point, too. And I just think it's just the explosion. Um, and like I said, he'll get it back. I just don't know if it's going to come this season. Let's talk about the Texans really quickly and their running game. Ugh exactly <laughs> it's bad <laughs> my sentiments exactly it is really bad now damian pierce was coming off one of the best rookie seasons for a running back uh in the nfl last season there were really high expectations as a matter of fact people were saying going into this season a young cj stroud is going to need a a consistent running game and that's going to be the identity of the offense while he goes through his growing pains well he ain't had many growing pains. <laughs> he's probably had the fewest growing pains of any starting rookie quarterback in the NFL in the last, like, 30, 40 years. <laughs> he's doing that well. He's playing like a top-10 quarterback. So you don't have the growing pains, but he's also doing it in addition to uh, in a makeshift, injured, mass unit of an O-line uh, that he's been all season long with the Texans because now didn't they just put the center? On IR?
2: Jared Patterson, yep. Just
1: put a center on IR. So he they, was
2: the sixth-round pick out of Notre Dame who's been great because because Juice Scruggs, their second-round pick at center, got hurt. I mean,
1: they, yeah, they just continue to have bad luck on the O-line, but they're getting healthy slowly but surely. Uh, but That's one of the reasons that the Texans' running game just hasn't been uh, really impactful this season. It hasn't, hasn't been the identity of the offense we all thought it would be, and maybe this is the reason. In addition to the O-line, but the O-line's not holding back C.J. Stroud. but it's definitely holding back the running game and Damian Pierce. So how about this? The Houston Texans lead the NFL in percentage of their runs that encounter a defender before the line of scrimmage. 52.8, basically 53% of their runs encounter a defender who has penetrated the line of scrimmage and is in the backfield making contact with the Texans running backs most running backs in the in the NFL would struggle in that situation. That's guys over half the time you got a defender in the backfield already hitting the running back before they even get back to the line of scrimmage. Uh the Houston Texans have just 49 rushing yards this season before contact.
2: Ugh. Just and I, oh, 49. You know, and I watch the Texans and that doesn't surprise me because that's what it looks like. That's I what mean, it looks every like. time they get the ball, it's uh, you know, there's somebody in his face. Uh, you know, and again, it, it should be better on the offensive line, but they have had injuries, but they should be getting better with Titus Howard and Larry Tunsil back and Shaq Mason. They, sh- they should be a good running team, but they're not. And the guy that's actually kind of like we talk about, Rico Dowdle, Devin Singletary's Tim, come Tim in, Tim, and, I, and there's been talk in Houston yeah. that this, this this uh, you know, it's a new scheme for him. He's trying to learn this, this new running scheme the zone blocking. The scheme, zone blocking. The and scheme. it's not, uh, he's having to learn it on the fly here. Yeah. Uh, but you know it needs to get better because they lost that game to Carolina. They're losing games because they can't run the ball. If they could run the ball, they'd be pretty good. Uh, their defense just gave up 15 points last week. You should be able to win that ball game.
1: They're one-dimensional. Yeah. One-dimensional with a rookie quarterback and, a, and, like I said, a mass unit at, uh, with an, o, an O-line. And run blocking, from what I've been told by O-linemen, is usually easier than pass blocking. They prefer it over pass blocking so they can be aggressive. Right. Uh, yet the Texans, uh, that's where they're struggling right now. So keep that in mind. Also, uh, you're talking about – Damian Pearson, Devin Singletary in the backfield because they are getting the bulk of the, uh, the running back duties. Um, they combine for just one rushing attempt into a stacked box on Sunday. How about that little nugget? That's, that, that, that's a good sign schematically. It shows you that Bobby Slowick with the passing game is able to take defenders out of the box. So, but still, the reason that that is also a troubling stat, you should be able to run the ball. Yeah. <laughs> if you're running against light boxes You should be able to run the ball So that means they can't even run the ball against light boxes And damn near 53% of their rushes They have a defender in the backfield Making contact before the running back Even gets to the line of scrimmage They gotta fix that Or like I said They'll become easier and easier to defend Life will become tougher and tougher on C.J. Stroud
2: uh, good stuff right there. Both of the run games need to crank it up. The Cowboys are sitting at 5-2. Uh, and two. Huge game Sunday. Huge game for the Cowboys at Philadelphia. Last time they had a huge game on the road. It was at San Francisco, and it did not go well. Uh, can this one go better? Uh, Texans also with Tampa Bay coming to town this weekend. Baker Mayfield and company oh, yeah. having not traded Mike Evans. They're rolling into Houston. So uh, those are the two. You know, two of the bigger games in, in this area. Uh, coming back, when we do, we'll pick up the. Oh, uh, well, we got. We, now we have urine stories coming in.
1: Oh, man. That was a shocking one. I'm traumatized just thinking about it. I'm going to lie to
0: Aaron Hogan, Rod Papers, Hook them up. 1019 AM 1260. The Horn.
2: Time for a party in Arlington. That'll be tomorrow, 12-15 in Arlington, not yeah. Dallas. So uh, make your plans. If you can if you can you listen to our show, drive up there while you're listening and be at the party, get back home. You know what I mean? Right in the middle of the day.
1: Uh, just so you know, Astros fans, don't be triggered, but what are the talking points for the Rangers? I've heard multiple players mention it in their post-World uh, Series championship celebration that they represent the state of Texas, not just one city. That's why they have Texas on the jersey. They're the Texas Rangers, not the Arlington Rangers, not the Dallas Rangers. They represent the state. So they kept talking about this is a proud day for the state, and which I know were little shots at the, at the Houston sure Astros. Sure, <laughs> sure <laughs> so Which like, I love, by the way. I appreciate that.
2: Does that bit. make the Houston Texans Texas' team?
1: <laughs> no, because that's a weird name. We all know it, but I love it, but it's still a weird name. To be the Houston Texans, we made fun of it at first, and now we just kind of accepted it. Yeah. You know, no other thing. You can't be the LA Californians. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us.
2: What would you like the power to do? Mobile
1: banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and NA, member FDSE. It
2: should have been the Houston Oilers, by the way. Yeah, but I'm Adam, with you. Trust me, I'm <laughs> with you. Nope, I, there you go. Totally
1: agree with that. Uh, yeah.
2: All right, so we've got college football in the brain, too. Jim Harbaugh's peers want something done and done now. Uh, that is the... Uh, the big story out of college football, the developing story at Michigan. Pete Thamel of ESPN.com reported overnight uh, that the Big Ten's coaches, all of them, had a 90-minute Zoom call last night, a uh, conference call. Jim Harbaugh was on it for a short while, and then he hung up and yeah, they went off. <laughs> exited after 30 <laughs> minutes, and, yeah, they went off. And according to Thamel, the call was intense and emotional. Uh, collectively, the coaches want the Big Ten to act and act now um you know what are we waiting on we know what happened was said on the call um you know tony batidi's only been on the job there as the commissioner since april and obviously has walked into this and i feel like this is one of those rod where the coaches have kind of assumed something was up for a while now and um have been been because we've heard the cut sound from greg chiano when he was leaving the field when they played Mm -hmm. michigan with the sideline reporter hey something's up here that ain't right um. You know, James Franklin had the sound that we played. That uh, about TCU. Yeah, that TCU they knew. knew. Before, so that the coaches kept telling them. And actually. now it's out. And uh, I don't. I don't. I, I've given my suggestion on what Tony Petiti and the Big Ten should do. Best one I've heard. Like I, I would at least put the put it out there that we're going to allow our coaches and our teams, all fourteen of them or 16 of them, to use wireless communications, headset communication for the rest of the season. Now, the NCAA could come in and overrule that. That's fine. But if I'm the Big Ten, I'm at least doing that. Exactly.
1: (laughs) It doesn't matter. And I'm not making
2: it mandatory. If there are teams that don't want to use it, okay. (laughs) But if you would like to use it, you can use it the rest of the season. Uh, because you know, and, and I, you know, could Purdue this? But again, it's already Thursday. They should have done that this last week when Michigan had a bye week and yeah. no one had to play them for uh, a yeah. two-week period. Uh, now Purdue's got to play them tomorrow night or Saturday night. Uh, we'll see. But per Thamel, uh, you know, they do have the power to punish the school under the conference's sportsmanship policy. Sportsmanship policy. Mm-hmm. It's an unprecedented violation that the rules would require unprecedented action. One of the coaches said it's unprecedented, the violation and the magnitude of it. That would mean the rules would require unprecedented action from the conference.
1: That's true. But if you do punish them, you have to reveal the evidence that shows how they broke the rules and how they operate outside the rules. And I'm sure they have that, but they, they, at least they're trying to finish up their investigation. They want to be thorough. Um, and that could take a while. Well, and, and Michigan deserves due season. process, right? That's probably what they're they're saying. Hey, man, we want the whole thing to play well, out. Well, that's why, why I say it's going to be.
2: That's why I believe it's very hard to punish them right now, as far as sanctions or fines or firings or whatever. Yeah, how far did it go? Who knew? But at the same time, you could, you could you could go to the wireless communication immediately, and that wouldn't yep. solve the problem, and it wouldn't make, mean the problem never happened, but it would protect the other teams and be able to say, you know what, all this information they've garnered and gleaned through this s- scheme is now not any use to them because we're going to be able to talk headset to headset, which we should have been able to do for a long time. But uh, either yeah. way, and then, the, then at that point, the NCAA comes in and says, you can't do that. I, if I'm the Big Ten, I'm saying, screw it, we're doing it. Take us to court. <laughs> you know, this is like COVID all over yeah. again. Oh, no,
1: it'll end up in court. There will be lawsuits and, and litigation. You know,
2: screw you, NCAA. We're doing it. We're protecting the other members. of Because if the coaches are this mad, you've got to do something.
1: Yeah, and I, I think I just want to know how much evidence do they have now that how many smoking guns do you have on Michigan? Do you have enough evidence now to suggest that Jim Harbaugh knew about it, that Jim Harbaugh was not only involved, that he was delegating responsibility well, look, within the operation? I think that's what they're waiting on. Do they have the Jim Harbaugh smoking gun?
2: That's what uh, I, I would argue you should wait for. Uh, you should wait for the investigation. Due process is, is, is argument. I think there is enough info to at least take that step. Uh, and to – obviously, Connor Stallions can't be anywhere near the team, those kind of things. But uh, at least that step can be taken. Cause I don't think you can do anything punishment-wise until the whole thing's done. Exactly. Uh, would be my argument. But, but I understand the coaches wanting something done now because we're playing it. games. Yeah, like you said, you don't, have to, you don't have to necessarily
1: punish them and you don't have to solve the problem right now, uh, but you have to address the problem. Got to do something. And they haven't even addressed it.
2: Uh, here, here was a guy on our Chick-fil-A Grubhub story. Oh. I won't repeat, but it oh. says, guys, when you're downrange in Iraq or Afghanistan, you, could just, you couldn't just take a pee break. It was very common to use a bottle. Uh, I will never forget the look on my driver's face of resignation when he had to do this, and just as he stared inside, he missed the bottle and couldn't stop, had to spend the rest of the mission in pee-pee pants.
1: <laughs> no! Oh, no! No! Yeah, man, that's, oh, a, no! that's a small little hole you're trying to get in there. You've got to
2: be accurate.
1: <laughs> right, if it's a water bottle, he's talking about. Yeah, you, know, you gotta be accurate, and maybe they were on the move too. To
2: squeeze that thing in there a oh, little bit too. Oh man, yeah.
1: Hey, that's uh, like I said. I think everybody's been there before, but wow, to to have that kind of mix up—that is—that's uh, unforgivable for me. I, I couldn't forgive that driver. God bless that man who met, who sat and had conversation with that driver after the driver gave him a. Oh, a cup full of urine instead of a milkshake. I think a milkshake and a urine are very
2: different things. The milkshakes are cold, E. They're cold. But I know when you grab a Styrofoam cup, though, you don't really notice the temperature of the cup. That's what it's for. Yeah, but. Like I, if it were a, like a plastic cup, you would. Or if it were like a
1: uh,
2: paper cup. But uh, but a Styrofoam cup, if it's thick enough, you don't really notice the temperature of the the, I, the liquid inside. I think I
1: would notice the temperature difference between cold uh, shake and warm Urine, <laughs> because we're, urine is really warm. Like Ugh. it's well, hot. You would, you would
2: taste the difference immediately.
1: Well, I'm just. I think I would feel it in the cup. But maybe I'm off. Maybe you're wrong about that. Maybe I would.
2: I'm just. Here's. I'm playing this out. The guy delivers it. You're, you're walking in. You you're, paid your food. You're really excited. You just about grab it and it, you just you just take a swig. You don't even feel it. And aren't milkshake's
1: is- light. Aren't they light by nature? They're probably
2: heavier than a normal. I don't know. They're probably the same, but they're it's, it's it, uh, I don't have to do no. it. Uh, Gus in the Bronx says this uh-uh. on the text line. The no. reality of it is all the coaches are stealing signs. That's the reason they don't want headsets and helmets. That's all the more reason to do it. If you're the Big 10. It's all the more reason to, you know, play it play it straight. All the coaches are stealing
1: signs. I think we've had multiple oh, coaches that, admit that. They just haven't they gone. They were doing this. It's They haven't gone as far as to have the advanced scouting to steal the signs well, and the technological advancements to aid in their signs. This, stealing this, this elaborate
2: it. scheme is yeah. why those rules exist. You can't scout it. You know Why can't you go watch a team ahead of time? You can't. Not allowed. Yeah. And certainly you can't record it. Um, but, you know. There's there's certainly a reason Michigan was using it. And, obviously, the the, the timelines line up when this guy joined the staff and the winning began at Michigan. You can't say that's the sole reason. But, at the same time, coaches want want, uh, want answers, so – if it was if it was
1: that sophisticated, um, and I I think they they probably use AI with it too. I bet there's an an artificial intelligence yeah, aspect to Once you have the this, full
2: game full, of, you have to,
1: all you need is data. All you need for artificial intelligence is data, yeah. and then you can plug the data into any algorithm and then find the trend. That, it, AI will find the trends and patterns for you.
2: Yeah, that's right. And
1: I bet and I he's
2: military know, trained. Right, probably feeding a bottle before. Connor Stallions,
1: <laughs> a few of them. Yeah, yeah. Oh man. So I, I think I bet, I bet when it's all said and done, there's like an AI element of where they play. There's no way they're just watching. They must have a team of 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 different analysts that are watching every play and then deciphering, comparing it to the other footage they have from the other sideline of the actual signals being sent in and then yeah, the plays. That's right. I don't know if they're doing all that. I bet they got some algorithm and they found some formula to help them. And that's why in the modern age, when those rules came out for you know college football and advanced scouting, they weren't thinking about the technology we have today. Yeah. The technology we have today, you, re- I bet Conestals was like, bro, you know y'all are working in the Stone Age, still in science. You're writing it down and then trying to decipher it. Bro, I got a system here, honestly. We got some military techniques and intelligence that I coding. can apply. Yeah, and we can decipher this stuff. Decoding and, and, and coding. Yeah, yeah so and we, we got you. give a 70% pretty much accuracy rate on this thing, something like that.
2: Well, it does coincide when the dominance began <laughs> for Michigan um,
1: It's called recruiting, E. Jim Harbaugh got his guys. That's what happened,
2: E. That's right. <laughs> they, well, look. He, he's argued he's going to put twenty guys into the NFL uh, th- in this draft. Yeah. So and if he does that, that ain't sign stealing. Right.
1: Well, that's why again
2: <laughs> I go back to put put the headsets in the helmets and and allow him to do it because Michigan needs protected here too. Because if it's not uh, help, you know, a, a main focus and a lot of people will say, well, you still got to execute the plays and you still got to you know win the line of scrimmage and thing. That's all fair, mm-hmm. but Michigan very well may win the national championship this year, Rod. They're that good. Yeah, uh, they're that good. Yeah. Uh, and so if you're the Big Ten, you also it's incumbent to protect your champion. Or at least give them some cover with some type of because at this point, if you just keep playing games, they keep dominating, um, you know there's going to always be that assertion that it always will be, but if you do something now to take action in the final four games and into the postseason, because it, it, it sticks out like a sore thumb. The, the help that they gave to South Carolina reportedly, that helped mm-hmm. Tennessee helped them beat Tennessee and Clemson, which you know helped Michigan make the final four last year, the fact that TCU knew about it and prepared for it and beat them and score 50-some points, and that no one else is getting close to that when they play Michigan.
1: Yeah, no, it is. I, I, right now, the court of public opinion, it seems that like the verdict is pretty much in that everybody believes Jim Harbaugh definitely knew about this sophisticated science of an operation. But I think, he's still going to end up (laughs) on the upside of this thing and in the catbird seat because I don't think the NFL cares as much about this kind of stuff. of fact, the NFL probably, you know, they probably admire it a little bit because they know he goes all out to try to win as much as possible. And Jim Harbaugh's got a great reputation as a ball coach because almost every place he's been, he's found success. Right, and now I at wonder. Michigan, he's having that success now too. Had it at Stanford, had it at, where was he at, San Jose? Where was he at before that?
2: Uh, San Diego. San Diego, University thank San you Diego. very much.
1: San Diego, San Francisco. So almost at every level, this man has had success. And if he ends up winning a national title this year, or playing for a national title, I think he's gone regardless. But it would put the cherry on top that, see, I'm, I'm just a great, Football yeah, very, coach. Very, it's
2: been mentioned Everywhere many times on the text line, but very Pete Carroll-like when he left USC, yeah. jumped off to the Seattle Seahawks, and yeah. then the, the issues came. And I think that's what the Big Ten coaches are saying. Look, I know you're going to punish them eventually, but what are we doing about it right now? Like, what are we doing now? We know uh, those other things come after the fact when the proof comes out. The proof's here, y'all, uh, and we're having to play against it right now. All right, we'll come back. When we do, we're going to say uh, and play around. Who said that, who said including that? Rod's uh, point with Corey Seager? I mentioned how the Dodgers ever let Corey Seager get. I can't wait to hear this uh, because he is the World Series MVP for the World Champion Texas Rangers. Uh, we'll hit that comeback. Who said that? Coming up. Well, we're actually figuring out why those delays in South Austin and Hayes County uh, coming toward Travis County on I-35 northbound are so extensive. It's because of a crash. We just got it uh, on the board here near Slaughter. And so at least one lane blocked off a uh, backup coming from uh, Buda. So... Uh, not done with those delays yet. As we check the interstate frontage, northbound uh, near uh, 290, a crash there, uh, North Lamar and St. John's, another one. We are clearing the crash southbound on Mopac, approaching 2222, so uh, that might be just about over with here. Uh, a couple of other crashes, though. Here's one at William Cannon at South First and Manchac and Slaughter. Both are still working.
0: I'm Don Miller, and that's your traffic.
2: Bud Light, folks, listen, come see us today. Rod and I will be out in Round Rock, third base, the uh, great sports bar there, watching... Uh, whatever's on the TVs and doing the sports complex with Patrick Davis. And we will having a couple of Bud Lights, too, because they always put the Bud Lights on special when we're out there getting ready for Thursday night football. Titans and Steelers to start your football weekend. Also, at 6 o'clock tonight, while we're doing the show, we'll have Big 12 football with Texas Tech and TCU from Lubbock to watch. So come on out, watch the games with us. Have a nice cold Bud Light. Get ready for the weekend. Of course, the weekend includes one of the final two tailgates for Texas football, Bevo Boulevard, all the fun. Uh, the weather is going to be spectacular for this game on Saturday. And obviously, if you're a Longhorn fan, you hope the game goes as well. Whatever you do, it's going to go well when you drink an ice-cold Bud Light. We know the Bud Light is brewed with four simple ingredients that gives it that crisp taste every single time. Um, brewed right here in Texas by Texans for Texans and the official domestic beer partner of your Texas Longhorns. Look for it in those beautiful burnt orange cans at uh, Longhorn City Limits, Bevo Boulevard, and inside at DKR on Saturday. Uh, do it the right way. Do it with the Bud Light. Uh, the official domestic beer partner of the Longhorns, the Texas Texas, the Texas OU game and fun at DKR coming Saturday. Hook 'em horns. Who said that? 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 Hook him up with Ian Rodney Who said that? Coming up in the fabulous fourth, fifth hour, coming your way after the top of the hour. Rod, did I ever tell you this time I ran into Bob Knight? No. Yeah, I got to tell you this story. It's a good one. I like like it, too. Ran into Bob Knight. You can't believe where either. That's pretty bad. Um, I
1: probably could. Nah,
2: you probably wouldn't guess this one. Really? No, you probably wouldn't guess this spot. Hey, uh, Ty, can you play uh, what I I, I asked you to play? Because uh, who said this last night in the desert? Because it was uh, one for the ages for your Texas Ranger. Let's hear it. Credit to Chris Young.
1: Uh, somebody and with. ownership, Ray uh, Davis. We take that very they seriously?
2: We're uh, determined to
0: to get, get winning baseball back to the this? Texas Rangers. We understand and when we uh, met, that's what, what we talked day. about. That's what they talked it's about to chapter. me. And, and they did everything they said they were going to do. They went out and got starting pitching, uh, improved the club. We had young talent
2: coming up. I knew this was a good ball club. Uh, so, you know, I, I'm, I'm very fortunate, blessed, uh, you know, to, to come into this. It's such a great group of guys. And but it's it starts at the top, and those guys were committed. And look, we're we're in a good place now. Starts at the top, Rod. That's Boch. That's Boch. That's Boch. Hey, listen, sitting on my my easy chair, called me in Nashville and said, let's go. And they were committed mm-hmm. to it. And uh, that's what we say about even Texas football or anything. It 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 starts at the top, when the BBs are all connected, and the uh, the president and the. AD and the coach are all mm-hmm. pulling the same direction. Right. Good things can happen. It's aligned, pounds. and uh, the Rangers were certainly aligned at the top with Ray Davis, uh, Davies, uh, Chris Young, and now Bruce Bochy, the perfect manager, yes, and sir. a heck of a ball club. All right, Rob, what do you have, and Who said that?
1: All right, Ty, so I sent you a bunch of these, so uh, just dial one up for me. Who said Who that? Who said it?
3: Kid is just an absolutely uh, great kid. If I were going to pick uh, the three or four best athletes I've ever seen play basketball, he'd be one of them. I think he's the best athlete I've ever seen play basketball, bar none. If I were going to pick people with the best ability I'd ever seen play the game, he'd be one of them. If I were going to pick the best competitors that I'd ever seen play. He'd be one of them. So in the categories, uh, competitiveness, ability, uh, skill, and then uh, athletic ability, uh, he's the best athlete. He's one of the best competitors. He's one of the most skilled players. And and that, to me, makes him the best basketball player that I've ever seen play.
2: All right, that's the great Bob Knight. Robert Montgomery Knight. Knight talking about one. Michael Jordan.
1: Yeah, it's like 1984. Like back then, like yeah. at the time. Because yeah, well, it was
2: the U.S. Olympic team. and He, yeah. got, he, you know, he didn't coach him. At, at, he was at Indiana, yeah. but he coached him on the U.S. Olympic team and said, man, bar none.
1: Yeah, he called his shot.
2: Called his shot. This
1: man knows ball. Well, he well, knows he, ball. Yeah.
2: You know, he had a little bit of a temper. But uh, I got one for you. This is also Bob Knight, but I wanted to play this for you, Rod, because I pulled this one. This one's funny. Uh, sitting at a press conference, this is how Bob Knight was. You know, he, was he was a genius when he came to basketball, but uh, personal skills, not the best, but this is a classic <laughs> Bob Knight line.
3: You can talk about all the motivational speeches and phrases and devices in the world, but the greatest motivator of all is your ass on a bench. There is no better motivator. Ass meets bench, bench retains ass. (laughs) Ass transmits signal to brain, brain transmits signal to body, Body gets ass off bench and plays better. I mean, it's a hell of a sequence of things that takes place. There <laughs> you go. There's Bob Knight. There's that Bob Knight. <laughs> so that is
1: so good. And it's so true. Honestly, you know what happened? You know what it happened to? That's relevant. Will Howard. Will Howard. Will Howard was playing bad. He threw like three picks in a game. They brought in Avery Johnson. Avery just starts balling out. And Will Howard. Ass meets bench. <laughs> bench retains ass.
2: <laughs> ass As receptors yeah, speak, speak to body. To brain.
1: brain sends message to body. Hey, man, play better so you can get ass off bench. Oh, I love it. Man, that's great. That's fantastic. That's good. I never heard that one, actually. That was good. I got to find that one. I had it in my personal library. Uh, all right, uh, Ty, just dial one up for me, man. Uh, who said that?